0: Today at KIOS at the Movies, I'm here with Patrick Kinney and Diana Martinez, and we're discussing the film I Blame Society.
1: This is where I would bury Stalin and murder her if I did it. Now, all I have to do is roll her into the grave, cover it up, and make sure I take everything with me.
0: Yeah, I just I sort of wish there was that strong female lead. Someone mm, Yeah, yeah, someone likable I
2: just I
0: blame society as a confounding film. It's both incredibly intriguing And very, very off-putting. In the spirit of Creep and the Blair Witch Project, a frustrated filmmaker, Jillian, played by director and writer Jillian Horvath, starts to make a documentary about how a filmmaker would make the perfect serial killer. She starts testing the waters by asking her best friend if she could walk him through how she would murder his girlfriend, who she hates. Then she tests out breaking into people's houses, and then from there, she spirals into madness and becomes a serial killer. The film excels when it's focused on its main thesis about women filmmakers and the struggles they face while trying to be taken seriously get funding for their work, and admittedly face the scrutiny of critics like myself. But ultimately, the film doesn't work in connecting, the violence is incredibly dehumanizing, the suspense is ineffective, and we don't really get a sense of her personal struggle and the reasons for her spiral and downfall. Also, most of the cast seems to be phoning in their performances and just doing a favor for a friend. I love the ambition of this film and the subject and themes, And I can't wait to see what else this filmmaker does, but ultimately I can't recommend I blame society with that. We have Patrick and Diana and they both totally disagree with me. So what did you guys think? Wild romp.
2: (laughs) This film spoke to me. I really, I really like this film. And I, if you guys didn't like this film, totally understand (laughs) all the reasons why, like it's not a perfect film by any means. Um, but there were so many smart things happening within this film.
0: I do really agree with that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I initially so I had have had kind of a journey in the last couple of days with it because while I was watching it especially the first half I was not enjoying it and then I kind of like by the end of it I really had come around to a lot of the things. I had just come around to it. And then the more that I've sat with it, the more that I've like really reconciled all the things that rubbed me the wrong way about it initially. And I'm kind of, yeah, I think, well, first of all, I think everybody should watch it because it is, I think there's just something so weird going on with it and it accomplishes something so surprising with very little, little resources. And I find it really easy to really brush aside any, any of the things that were really rough around the edges about it.
0: This is why I'm glad there's three of us talking about it because (laughs) it does get better in the second half. I do agree with that. And I do agree with uh, Diana that there are some things in here that are really clever and, and smart. And then I also really appreciated the... The ideas that the film was getting across, and I almost feel guilty that I don't like the film because specifically that it's challenging me to not like it as being a man specifically. Um, <laughs> but man, I really did not enjoy much of anything about the film.
2: <laughs> well, you are part of the problem, Josh.
0: <laughs> I I I I could see the why. I mean, I it's one of those things where like. It's like an indictment on myself to not like this film. But at the same time, I just can't deny that I didn't.
2: Yeah, and this film definitely suffers from... I'm pretty sure she cast some of her friends and some of her friends can't act. Yeah. This actually really, like, for me, made me think a a lot about the things that have been bothering me lately. The way that even people who are really smart about film... Um, talk about female characters and talk about like male characters. So here we have a protagonist who is striving as much as she can in like a really sick way to make an authentic film. And like these male producers keep telling her like, mm, it doesn't feel real enough for me. Like, I just <laughs> I don't buy it. <laughs> yeah. Um and I feel like that's something that is said of, like, women all the time and especially, like, unlikable women characters. Like, I think of this crossover of, like, so many people love, like, true crime and, like, murder podcasts, murder TV shows. Like, so many women talking about how hot that guy on you is, um, who's, like, a psychopath. But then, you know, talking about women like Lena Dunham, like, they're the devil and they're the downfall of society. Mm-hmm. Also, really enjoy that you can just watch this film and, like, not think about those things either and just appreciate a character who is, you know, really messed up.
0: I I totally agree with all that. And that's like the part of the film that I did really like. I liked being challenged. And I like the fact that I am still here saying I didn't like the film because it wasn't for any of those reasons. (laughs) Because I do, I do think I want more films made by women like this that are challenging and different and and specifically unlikable because I think that there is like that problem with um, men can be unlikable all the time I mean even taking this film like let's go to American Psycho people yeah like Patrick Bateman is like Con, you know this cultural touchstone of like you yeah, know considered and, one
2: of the greatest characters yeah ever and written he, <laughs> and he's
0: horrible and he's like yeah. the worst of the worst you know and he um so i do like being challenged that this film is you know that kind of character it's just the technical stuff I can't get by that. I can't Um, get over is my problem. And I think it's almost kind
1: of impressive. Like I was saying, I think it's all the more impressive that there were sort of like clearly these technological or these technical hurdles that it seemed like there was a lot of uh, learning to be done still by the people who made this film, but that, that they were able to make something so effective still that at its core, like this is something that I worry about something like this being like remade, like, I could almost see like this filmmaker being asked to turn this into a TV show or like Mm. maybe even remaking it in some other form. And like, I just feel like, don't like (laughs) let this live like this. Um, Because, you know, I think it's also important for other filmmakers to see somebody making something that is successful without, you know, not 100% successful, but something that is successful without a lot of, um, I mean expertise is not the right That's very um, Cruel to say But just um,
2: With More polish
1: Yeah exact thank you that's much better
2: mm-hmm. Yeah I actually I think the The DIY-ness of it Which is also apparent In the film itself like there are Shots in which you see the way that the Filmmaker is getting the yeah. shots um, There's an ever present camera That she wears uh, That <laughs> Like you know, tells you exactly how she's getting these terrible, like, overhead shots of people. (laughs) Um, I think it's that lack of polish to me that I think made the messaging of the film more effective. Because I can, it would be hard for me, I think, similarly to imagine something really well polished, something produced by Netflix that's like lampooning, how like film and tv executives like just don't get it right yeah you know like there's there's and that's part of like why like i'm not always a fan of like movies about movies because i'm like yeah it's a movie about movie but it's like produced by disney so like (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know so how how edgy are you really going to be like how uh transgressive can you really be like, poking fun at these very vehicles that are, like, funding this endeavor. And I think, like, the DIYness of it actually makes it feel really authentic because it's not really working within um, the thing that it's trying to critique.
0: Yeah, I guess – and for me, it wasn't even the – when I – technical was the bad term for me to use or bad word for me to use because it wasn't that because I like – i i'm attracted to diy and i'm attracted to you know and i I like messy i i I appreciate that and i like i like uh when people use different technologies and use like a cell phone footage and gopro footage and you know whatever else um my favorite parts were the part where she has a camera on a wheelchair and she's cranking it towards her to get tracking (laughs) shots um and so it wasn't any of that and and honestly like it sounded great and I thought for what it was trying to do it looked exactly how it should look. Um the problem for me is like I can I watch a film like The First Cloverfield or Blair Witch Project or or any number of these films and I just think it's impossible to pull off a film that feels like in in this genre, it's just hard to pull it off, and I think that only maybe like one film has done it for me. <laughs> and I think about like uh, even like M Night Shyamalan or somebody, you know, is like somebody who's like they did, you know, their comeback film was a in this genre of of, and even that I'm just like it's just not, it's just not for me. And and that's the, that's the only problem I have, I think, is just that <laughs> I just wish it would have been a different form of telling the story. It would have been more interesting for me.
1: Sure. And I mean, I'm not even a filmmaker or an editor or anything like that. And it drove me crazy, just like the inconsistencies with like the, where the prop cameras were sitting. And then the footage <laughs> that was purportedly from those prop cameras, you know, like just stuff like yeah. that it was just like, You know, even me, like that's one of the things that I had to get over to enjoy the movie. But Diana, this might have been part of your diatribe so we can cut this out. But I was just, there's something about it that was so of the moment because it captured people saying the right things to say in 2020, specifically men Uh um, in Hollywood, saying all the right things, but still being so regressive. Yeah. And it just kind of captured how that has evolved how like male gatekeepers have already evolved to like consume and ingest the correct language of the movement of me mm-hmm. too of me mm-hmm. too and other movements and be able to regurgitate them but still at the same time be totally undercutting and subverting yeah. women
2: yeah like the producers talking about intersectionality and, and saying th- intersexuality
1: yeah that was a, <laughs> exactly that was yeah <laughs> <laughs> or like we need more intersectionality in this movie. <laughs>
2: yeah, like that's that's see, not how that works. Uh, right. Uh,
0: this is what's killing me is I really want to love this movie because I love so much about it. Like then those scenes. I just love
2: it, Josh.
0: <laughs> I just <Give> in. <laughs> I you just can't. I think maybe I want to see can, more. Maybe I watched maybe a couple. Sh- maybe. Yeah, but uh, I watched a couple short films with the director of this film. I want to see more from her. I really do. Like I want to see more and I want to see um, films in in this different format of storytelling. Because I think that there's really exciting stuff here. It's really funny. Um, There's really just great, just like what we're talking about with the conversations with the producers, with like her ex-boyfriend, just like this dude who works for this insurance company Uh, that she overhears and just all this stuff. There's just so much good stuff in here that I just wish I enjoyed the film overall.
2: (laughs) I mean, this is definitely someone who I think is, uh, yeah, I think PK, like you said, like is capturing not just the moment in like is herself speaking the vernacular of the moment, but like recognizes like, how the industry is changing to respond to the moment in like a hypocritical way. Right. So like, it's a very like clear eyed critique and I can totally see like this, this is going to go far. I think she's going to be like a really important filmmaker, Um, like kind of based on this film, if like the rest of her work keeps, keeps with these themes and keeps with that, like, I don't know, that edge. Right, because I think that that's really where it is. Like that's where the critique should be. Um, that like, yeah, people are just starting to learn this language and it's so very quickly like not meaning anything anymore. Right.
0: I think I've changed my mind on the air. I think I do like this film. So
2: <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well now I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm
1: still wherever I was.
0: <laughs> it's a it's In a between. mixed bag and but i do think that this filmmaker is going to be an i agree this filmmaker is going to do some amazing stuff i hope uh i yeah. hope she keeps getting a chance and keeps getting uh her films financed and and i do think it's worth watching because i think that this person has a lot to say and i think that with more resources like it's going to be incredible so With that, what do you guys think about? Uh, or what do you guys think people should watch with "I Blame Society"?
2: I
1: think this would pair really well with a similar. Not no, I, similar is not the right word, but with another uh, send up, uh, Hollywood Shuffle. Mm. So uh, yeah, Hollywood Shuffle is a movie by Robert Townsend that is sort of. I think in the spirit, it's it's the late '80s, but it's about being a black actor in Hollywood trying to get meaningful roles and getting films made uh, and being taken seriously by a industry that really just is more interested in lip service than actual individual artists, individual visions, uh, and the commodification of diversity, but it's in that time. Uh, And it just, I think would pair really well with this one. And I thought about it quite a few times during Mm. I Blame Society.
2: Cool. Um, so, my recommendation is going to be, and, and I will say this with a caveat I have not watched, rewatch this movie in a while. So, if it does not hold up in retrospect, it's not my fault. <laughs> but while I was watching this film, pretty um, fancy footwork. It, yeah, it, it did make me think about um, 1999's Drop Dead Gorgeous um, it's with Kirsten so Dunst and it... Denise Richards, Ellen Barkin, Allison Janney. Lauren um, and I
0: just rewatched it. It holds up.
2: Yeah, good. <laughs> it's it's good. even
0: better than whenever I originally saw it, so.
2: Yeah, but again, like, a satirical documentary with a murder at the center. Um, it's, like, just such a fun film. And I think, like, to me, this is the beginning of, like, Kirsten Dunst just, like, being in these roles that are, like, super underrated. <laughs> like, I yeah, think she's also absolutely. this actress. Uh, you know, like, like, winona writer and like aubrey plaza who like kind of represent a generation and i think this film for me is like just completely iconic um and i think is is being as smart and witty as i blame society so watch drop dead gorgeous
0: so i'm gonna go with the 2016 horror film by julia DeCorno. uh raw i just love this movie it's it's just the imagery of the film and the the cinematography but also just the way the story unfolds and
2: it's very disturbing
0: it is very disturbing it's a very disturbing <laughs> film uh you know i'm generally like not into like super violent movies but i thought this one was impeccably done and it's hard to watch but it's in yeah, and I think it just says so much uh, through this kind of genre of kind of a gross out <laughs> violent movie. <laughs> I Blame Society is available on Film Streams at home. For KIOS, I'm Joshua LeBure. For Film Streams, I'm Patrick Kinney.
2: And for Film Streams, I'm Diana Martinez.